busy profiling small businesses, entrepreneurs and innovators right now. All right, so short courses have been around for many years now and online. Sometimes there's free courses. They've been trending quite a bit now, as we know. Um, but are they worth it? Like, what's the value of a short course over face-to-face, in-person classes? What can we take from them? And even more important, will they make us more employable? We have a look at this now with educational psychologist Hannes Vessels. Thanks so much for joining us, Hannes. Only a pleasure. Um, so what would you say is the purpose of a short course and other informal learning programs? Yes, so um, basically the metaphor I often use is to say um, – your career is often a poker game, and often we don't have the ideal cards to play the best round. Wow. So, so often the short courses enable us to very quickly and rapidly update the cards that we have so we can play a better hand per round. And that's it. So, yeah. That's the best description I think I've heard of anything in a very long time. <laughs> I like that. So what type of different programs are there out there at the moment? Because, I mean, it's not just like one type what are the different varieties yeah so you do get a uh, formal and informal uh courses so you do get some short courses that are um SACWA, which is the South african qualifications authority approved and then you get other informal courses so i would say rather look at the, the industry so you, you, um, depending on the industry uh, that's what you need to look at um if you're looking at informal or formal courses so mm-hmm. if you are for instance in in a um in a industry where your portfolio is very important, or your proof of work. Um, then you get a lot of short courses that are not necessarily accredited, but they help you to update your skills very quickly. Hmm. Okay, I like that. So not so, And if they're not accredited and you don't need to have accreditation, does that mean that they're maybe cheaper? Uh, yeah, some of them. So it depends. So some companies are quite strategic. So what they do is they offer at a very high price, so there's a, it seems like there's a larger demand. So it really depends on the quality of the course as well. So it's very difficult to gauge online. So, um, yeah, so what I'll do is um, I would look at the traction that the course has had. You look at the proof of work from other people that have done the work. Mm-hmm. A great suggestion sometimes is to look on websites like Quora to see how other people rated those courses. And can we do that with local sites? Yes, we can do that with local sites oh. as well. Yeah, you can do it with, um, if you want to look at uh, formal sites, for, uh, if it's offers formal presentation, you can always go to SACWA's website. That's the South African Qualification Authority, and you can just search if the courses are accredited there. Otherwise, the difficulty with South African courses, though, is um, it's just the, um, I can say, the, the amount of people taking courses. So, obviously, uh, international courses um, have a larger population that they serve. So, it's very difficult to gauge with South African courses. So, you'll... What I would say is prototype the course, maybe speak, see if you can get um, connected with somebody that's offering the course. Mm-hmm. Or if a person has a, a large following and, and see what the reviews are there. Like a referral type of thing. Like, okay, exactly, or, yeah. Okay, you did it. You've, I see that you did this thing last year or two years ago. What was your experience of it? Or am I wasting my time? Exactly. Mm. Yeah, another way to go about it is, so let's say you are, um, uh, for example, you want to learn copywriting. Yeah. Uh, a good idea is to maybe go, go to LinkedIn, connect with somebody that does copywriting and ask them, hey, have you heard of this course and what other courses might you recommend? Okay. That's a very quick gauge because they work with other people in the field and they can tell you um, which courses uh, is the signal from the noise, which mm-hmm. ones actually 
all very good. Mm, okay. I mean, LinkedIn is my absolute worst of worsts, but I, <laughs> I imagine it's probably better than like asking on Twitter or Facebook maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, so a, a small caveat that I can say is if, if you are struggling to find a job or something and you're in the industry, look for some role models that you have. Twitter is great for that. Yeah. So. So we look for some role models and then do something which you can call it it's, um, uh, uh, unsolicited apprenticeship. So what you do is you actually look at their content and you create something that they would admire based on their content and you share it with them. And that's a great way to update your skills, show your proof of work and get some traction and maybe connections. Hmm, and show that you're a full-on stalker. <laughs> Sounds <Exactly>. great. <laughs> okay. But if the poker game talking again you have to do it <laughs> yeah yeah 100% listen I, I i i'm not i'm not i'm not shading you i'm i'm just yeah it's, yeah. it's, it's it is it is how it is hey um yeah. so um how would you say or, or rather who would you say should consider enrolling for a course like who who should be enrolling for these courses and who should maybe avoid them it's not for you yes yeah, so um it depends on your um financial status. So if a course is not going to guarantee a return on investment for you, try to stay away from the hype. Mm. Um, but if you are finding that you are underqualified or you don't have enough a repertoire of skills, it's very important to see if you can get a course that is viable, even if it moves you 1% closer to where you want to be, um, it, it is worth the investment of time. So I would say it's never a bad idea to to uh, invest in your own skills. And what's going to happen, um, COVID disrupted um, the whole world, and we realized how quickly change can happen. But the probability that we're going to have to deal with rapid changes in the future is very high. If we just look at uh, disruption from the fourth industrial revolution, globalization, so changes are going to be a constant throughout your working life. Mm. I mean, that's, that's exactly it, eh? That's exactly yeah. it. Like, we just need to get... And, and people are very uncomfortable with change. The oh, quick, yeah. The quicker you get into it the, and accept the fact that things are not going to be the same, it's yes. just the better it is going to be for you. Um, and then last, I mean, I think you've basically, like, touched on this, but I do need to ask, how do you think online learning during the pandemic has reshaped the education space? Um, and do you think maybe that the education space, formal education, if you will, is going to have to adapt because of the changes that have occurred online with learning. Oh, oh, yeah, completely. So it's very interesting is now suddenly your top universities and your top institutions have to compete with YouTube. Yeah. So and now, so teachers and lecturers um, have to change the way they facilitate. Yes. So the other, they have to choose to be content creators or they have to choose to become community enablers. So your role as a lecturer is more now... Um, or institution is to create a community that fosters growth and learning and accountability versus actually the quality of the content. Mm. Love it. So, yeah, and another thing is what's interesting is students have to take a lot more ownership of, of their learning as well. Yes. Because the, the vicarious learning is less. So you, you, you used to be able to go sit in class or and then to see what others are doing and modeling that, whereas now there was, uh, there's a lot more ownership that needs to be taken by students. 
Um, I was actually talking to someone about this not too long ago, but it's generally the people who weren't paying attention in class are not going to be like high performers now, probably online. So like if you were working in class, you're probably going to be working online as well. If you never, yeah. if you weren't paying attention in classes and you were just like there, a body in a, in a room, and now yeah. you're just going to be a body in front of a computer screen online, like on your phone, instead of listening to the video or watching the video and learning, it's the same thing. So, but maybe, yeah. maybe there's actually some people who have social anxiety and being online just with a screen is actually going to be better for them so yeah. i mean uh, it's one of those interesting ones but i think <laughs> i agree with you formal education is going to have to change it to keep up mm. with what's going on online hannes i think that's where we're going to leave it if somebody maybe wants to get in touch with you as an educational psychologist can we do that yes of course yeah and what i'll do is um i'll, I'll write a blog for your uh, uh, listeners and then they can go to the website to answer all these questions and details with some resources and links as well for them how cute are you okay where do we do that where do we read um, it so you can go to hannesfessels.com um, and I'll also post it on my social media. If you just search Hannes Vessels, educational psychologist, um, most of my social media handles are there. Hannes Edsike. Okay, cool. Um, Extra Loud Mornings on Twitter and myself, that Nicole, will just mention his handle there if you want to check it out and the website um, so you can read up on the blog. Hannes, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate you. Oh, huge pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity. It's Hannes Vessels, educational psychologist, helping us out with short online courses and their worth. Get busy profiling small businesses, entrepreneurs, and innovators.